Welcome! You're listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Hi, I'm Mike Paul, and welcome to this podcast of articles from Ars Technica, a presentation of Airs LA. We have four articles for you today. We'll do a deep dive review of some oddly designed earbuds. Discover how Russian hackers lurked in some of our own networks for months. Learn about one company's plan to make almost everyone's face identifiable. And what the CDC thinks about all these states dropping masking. Let's get to it. Our first article is by Jeff Dunn, published on February 15th, 2022. Sony's latest wireless earbuds have donut holes in them on purpose. On Tuesday, Sony announced its newest set of fully wireless earbuds, the Sony Link Buds. The earbuds feature a unique open ring design built to let in ambient noise alongside your music, with the goal of keeping wearers aware of their surroundings at all times. That puts the earbuds in opposition to Sony's other high-profile wireless earbuds, the more awkwardly named WF-1000XM4, which feature active noise cancellation to block out as much external sound as possible. The Link Buds cost $180 and are available to order starting today, with shipping beginning on February 17th. I've had the earbuds on hand for a few days now. Here are some impressions from my testing. Embrace the Donut If you've used a newish pair of noise-canceling headphones in recent years, there's a good chance they've featured some sort of ambient sound or transparency mode. This is a setting that uses the headphone's built-in microphones to record the noise of your surroundings and then play it back to you, effectively in real time. The idea is to let users stay aware of their environment without having to give up their music or podcast entirely. It can be annoying to physically remove your headphones anytime you need to hear a quick announcement on the bus or have a five-second conversation with a coworker, for instance. If you're out for a jog, it's reassuring to hear when cars are passing by. If your headphone has a good ambient sound mode, you can listen to the real world and your entertainment simultaneously. With many headphones, a transparency mode is just one of multiple settings you can toggle. With the Link Buds, Sony has built earbuds based entirely on this ambient sound experience. But instead of using microphones to record and play back outside noise, a method that can sound close to reality in the best implementations, Apple's AirPods Pro, for example, but still comes off somewhat distorted in many cases, the Link Buds let in ambient sound naturally through a design that has donut-like holes in it. Put another way, the Link Buds are a different take on open earbuds. The resulting effect isn't too dissimilar from unsealed options like Apple's first and third generation AirPods, which rest outside the ear canal and thus let in outside noise. But having their 12mm drivers cut into a ring shape makes the Link Buds more explicit in their goal of allowing ambient sound to pass through. Besides the donut holes, the first thing to note about the Link Buds is that they're impressively tiny. Their case is one of the smallest I've seen from a true wireless headphone, and the earpieces themselves are similarly compact. From afar, it would be difficult for other people to notice you're wearing them. The unusual design also necessitates a different kind of fit. 
Nothing goes in your ear canal, but the link buds still sit entirely within your ears, with no AirPod-style stem protruding out. The ring-shaped driver rests along the bottom of the outer ear, tucked behind the antitragus if you want to get technical, while a squishy silicone supporter goes under your upper ear flap, or antihelix, to keep the earpiece in place. The link buds definitely aren't as quick to put on as traditional earbuds, and getting a good fit here is essential for decent sound quality given the odd design. They won't be as secure for exercise as a pair of wing-tipped exercise earphones, but they haven't taken more than a second or two to get into place after the first couple of sessions, and they haven't jostled around or come loose while I've been on the move. There's no foam padding, but the Link Bud's plastic housing is soft, smooth, and exceptionally lightweight at 4.1 grams. The fit puts little pressure on the ear, so I've found the earbuds comfortable to wear for hours at a time. A little bulbous piece connected to the ring driver provides a natural place to grab when you need to remove or insert each earbud, too, so you're never jamming it into your ear. It's just important to find the right fit. Sony puts five different size supporters in the box to help with that. Stop hitting yourself. One side effect of the design being this compact is that there's no room for buttons or touch sensors to control volume and playback. Instead, Sony has come up with a proximity-based control scheme it calls Wide Area Tap. In short, the feature lets you pause or skip tracks, adjust volume, or access a voice assistant by tapping the area right in front of your ears, along your jawline. You can customize what this function does on each earbud through Sony's usual Headphones Connect app. If you set it to control playback, double tapping your cheek will pause and resume a song, while triple tapping will skip to the next track. If you set the gesture to control volume, a double tap will raise the volume a step, while a triple tap will lower it. These controls are saved to the earbuds themselves, so they'll work across devices. I can see how Sony landed on the solution. Many wireless earbuds with physical control buttons result in you jamming the earpieces further into your ear any time you go to press them. That's always uncomfortable. And while you have to be somewhat firm and distinct with your taps, this control scheme actually does work more often than not. By default, the earbuds play a short sound prompt to indicate your double or triple tap has registered, which is a smart touch. The available area to use these controls is surprisingly wide. In a vacuum, it's impressive tech. But come on, this is weird. The sensors aren't as consistently responsive as a normal button, particularly when you're on the move. Your skull is still a skull, not a hardware controller. Adjusting an earpiece would sometimes trigger a tap command. I might just be overly self-conscious, but lightly smacking myself with my finger in public was always awkward. And since all of this only works in taps, it's not ideal for making big volume adjustments. You can't long press your face. The feature is best seen as a bonus option that's there if you need it. You can turn off the setting entirely and just use your phone to control everything, though you'll lose part of the utility of totally wireless headphones in the process. Sound quality mic quality, and AirPods comparisons. The other side effect of building your headphones drivers around a literal hole is that the sound quality won't be priority number one. Compared to Apple's third-gen AirPods, a pair in the same price range and one of the better-sounding open earbuds I've used, 
the link buds consistently sounded thinner and altogether less dynamic. Considering the AirPods themselves aren't the fullest sounding pair out there and skew toward a brighter sound, that's not great. Deep bass is more implied than present. With a hard-going hip-hop track like Kendrick Lamar's DNA, or a thumping electronic track like Jamie XX's Gosh, you lose a ton of the low-end impact that brings much of the song to life, even relative to the rival AirPods. This isn't a surprise, though. Big bass requires a tight seal on the ear, and Sony is deliberately foregoing that here to provide good-enough-for-casual-users sound quality with persistent ambient sound. Besides lacking the bass, the Link Buds sound pretty decent. On a busy track like David Bowie's Young Americans, the lead vocals are clear and present. While any wireless earbuds this small will sound relatively constrained, each bit of background instrumentation is given some room to breathe, and none of it sounds overly dulled. The Link Buds have a bright sound, so when high-end frequencies are pushed to the forefront of a track, it can sometimes sound harsh. But most of the time, the profile is clean and pleasant, at least relative to other open earbuds. They're just thin. The newest AirPods sound richer and provide a clearer distinction between a track's lows, mids, and highs. Sony's app has a custom EQ tool that lets you adjust the sound to your liking, but given the LinkBud's bright profile, this isn't always useful. The bright EQ setting sounds too piercing for my liking, while the bass boost setting still can't defy the physics of the open design. Other settings can make a difference, though, and simply having the option is a plus. In general, the LinkBud's sound is well-suited to podcasts or audiobooks. Then again, there are plenty of decent alternatives that cost less than $180. Sony is selling the Link Buds on the promise of a more natural ambient sound effect, though. And in that regard, they're a success. Compared to the transparency mode of the AirPods Pro at an equal volume, the Link Buds effect comes off as clearer, less processed, and more full-bodied. You can comfortably hold a conversation with your spouse or hear approaching cyclists while jogging in the park without having to pause your music. It will sound just like the outside world because that's what the earbuds are allowing to pass through. Much of this is based on testing in a controlled and largely quiet environment, though. When you're out and about, complications can arise. Sound quality is inherently compromised with open earbuds. The noisier it is around you, the more noise will seep in over your music and mask the fine details of whatever you're listening to. Heavy winds, for instance, will sweep right through this open design. When the environment gets louder, you'll want to raise the volume of your music so you can still hear it. But when things quiet down, having your music at a high volume will still make it difficult to hear whatever's happening around you, defeating the point of the device. The Link Buds donut holes aren't magic, though. You have to keep the earbuds below a certain volume threshold to get the most out of them. And when you're outside, that threshold often shifts in real time. Sony seems to have realized this issue while designing the Link Buds. To keep you from having to constantly fine-tune volume levels, its app has an optional adaptive volume control setting that automatically raises and lowers the volume based on the noise levels that the earbuds pick up from your current environment. If it's hectic out, your music will get louder. When you're back home, the volume will come down. The feature does work, and fairly quickly at that, but I found it to be a bit too sensitive to use constantly. 
Taking the elevator in my apartment building, for instance, the earbuds stayed quiet while I was waiting, then shot up in volume when the elevator arrived and its noisy doors opened, then went back down when the doors closed, then rose again as I got off on my floor. All of this happened in a span of 30 seconds. In a way, this is just the tech working as intended. But it can still be distracting because, again, the outside world doesn't always stay at the same decibel level. It should work better for more consistent-sounding environments like your home or a quiet office. The LinkBuds microphone quality is passable. The microphone does a fine job of isolating your voice from surrounding noise, though it shaves some clarity and fullness off your voice. We've included a basic sample recording below with samples of the third-gen AirPods and AirPods Pro for comparison. First, the Sony LinkBuds. Hi. This is a test of the Sony LinkBuds and the voice quality of their onboard microphone. We are recording this message for you on an iPhone 12 mini through Apple's Voice Mellows app. My name is Jeff Dunn, and thank you for visiting ArsTechnica.com. Third-gen AirPods. Hi, this is a test of the Apple AirPods third generation and the voice quality of their onboard microphone. We are recording this message for you on an iPhone 12 mini through Apple's Voice Memos app. My name is Jeff Dunn, and thank you for visiting ArsTechnica.com and AirPods Pro. Hi, this is a test of the Apple AirPods Pro and the voice quality of their onboard microphone. We are recording this message for you on an iPhone 12 mini through Apple's Voice Memos app. My name is Jeff Dunn, and thank you for visiting ArsTechnica.com. Battery life and bonus features. Here are some other details of note. Sony rates the earbuds' battery life at 5.5 hours of continuous playback with another 12 hours available through the charging case. I wasn't able to complete a formal battery test in time for this review, but those figures line up with my experience. There are several wireless earbuds that can last longer, but given the LinkBuds' ultra-compact size, roughly 6 hours isn't as bad as it could be. Battery life isn't a reason to buy the LinkBuds, but it should be long enough not to be a deal-breaker either. Beyond that, Sony says you can get 90 minutes of playback through a 10-minute quick charge. The case charges over USB-C, but lacks wireless charging. The LinkBuds are water-resistant with an IPX4 rating. Again, there are sportier earbuds that can technically withstand more intense sweating and submersion, but this should still be enough for the earbuds not to break in the rain or during most workouts. There's no multipoint functionality, so you can't connect the link buds to multiple devices simultaneously. That's a real negative if you wanted to stay connected to your phone for potential calls while streaming music from your PC, for instance. Sensors in the link buds let them automatically pause playback when you remove one earpiece and then automatically resume when you put it back. You can also listen to music and podcasts or take calls through just one earpiece if needed. The optional speak-to-chat feature we liked from other Sony headphones is back here. Here, the earbuds will automatically pause playback whenever they detect you speaking. It's a bit less necessary with the link buds given their focus on ambient sound, and we did find the feature to be a bit too sensitive by default in testing. Occasionally, it confused sounds like a yawn or a crumpling paper bag for speech. However, there's a low sensitivity option that made accidental activations a little less frequent. The feature is still nice to have for quick exchanges. You can also customize how long you want the auto-pause to last, with 5 seconds as the lowest setting. The earbuds connect over Bluetooth 5.2. We've experienced next to no connection issues here in New York City, 
with the only brief dropouts coming in exceptionally busy areas where most wireless earbuds have had trouble in the past testing. For most, the wireless connection should be rock solid. The pairing process was simple enough with iOS. There's no AirPods-style pop-up prompt, as expected, but an iPhone remembered and immediately reconnected to the earbuds without issues after the initial use. The Link Buds also support Google's Fast Pair feature and Microsoft's Switch Pair feature on Android and Windows devices, respectively. There's no support for high-res Bluetooth audio codecs like aptX or even Sony LDAC, only the Basis SBC and AAC. But given the sound quality limitations of the LinkBuds design, that likely wouldn't make much of a tangible difference anyway. The earbuds technically have built-in support for Alexa and the Google Assistant, but using OK Google to launch the latter only works on Android. There's also support for Spotify Tap, a relatively new feature that lets subscribers of that streaming service directly launch the app and swap between playlists with a few button, or cheek in this case, presses. Headphones from Bose, Jabra, Samsung, and others have also included this in recent months. Weird earbuds for particular uses. As a gadget enthusiast, I like that the Link Buds exist. They're strange, and they're trying something different. They definitely have their advantages, too. The earbuds are comfortable, extremely portable, and genuinely successful at letting in natural outside noise alongside your music. Sony's app has useful bonus features, and the sound quality is decent for open earbuds. But the cheek-tapping control scheme is undeniably awkward. The lack of multipoint connectivity hurts, and if you don't specifically need that constant sense of ambient awareness, you can get better-sounding wireless in-ear headphones for less money. The LinkBuds cleaner, ambient sound is nice, but if you only need the feature every so often and you don't mind an in-ear design, the transparency modes on pairs like the AirPods Pro, the sporty Beats Fit Pro, the more affordable Jabra Elite 75T, or Sony's own WF-1000XM4 all work well enough to keep you aware of your surroundings in a pinch. They'll sound a bit more processed, but they'll get the same idea across and you'll get an active noise cancellation mode and better audio quality along the way. Plus, the LinkBuds donut hole design isn't bulletproof. Just like those microphone-based transparency modes, outside noise can still get overwhelmed if you play your music too loud. If you do prefer an open design and use an iPhone, meanwhile, the third-gen AirPods may not be as comfortable, but they sound better and will still let some level of outside noise through, albeit not as much. Sony is pitching the LinkBuds in part to younger folks who constantly have an ear on their phone or as a companion for outdoors-based AR games like Pokemon Go. Both of these use cases seem like a stretch, and the idea of wearing earbuds all day long is dystopian. Please take your headphones off if someone is trying to talk to you for more than a few seconds. That was from him, by the way, not me. Instead, the Link Buds seem most useful in the office or home, where you can keep your music or podcast at a consistent volume that lets you do your thing while still hearing, say, when your kids are causing commotion or when a colleague wants to get your attention. They're also better suited for Android or Windows users, since the rival AirPods lose much of their functionality outside of iOS. You'll trade away some sound quality, and the price is probably too high, but if you want a true wireless pair, 
you absolutely hate the feel of in-ear headphones, and you need to keep an ear on the outside world, the Link Buds are worth considering. Our second article is by Dan Gooden, published on February 16, 2022. U.S. says Russian state hackers lurked in defense contractor networks for months. Hackers, backed by the Russian government, have breached the networks of multiple U.S. defense contractors in a sustained campaign that has revealed sensitive information about U.S. weapons development communications infrastructure, the federal government said on Wednesday. The campaign began no later than January 2020 and has continued through this month, according to a joint advisory by the FBI, National Security Agency, and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. The hackers have been targeting and successfully hacking cleared defense contractors, or CDCs, which support contracts for the U.S. Department of Defense and Intelligence Community. During this two-year period, these actors have maintained persistent access to multiple CDC networks, in some cases for at least six months, officials wrote in the advisory. In instances where the actors have successfully obtained access, the FBI, NSA, and CISA have noted regular and recurring exfiltration of emails and data. For example, during a compromise in 2021, threat actors exfiltrated hundreds of documents related to the company's products, relationships with other countries, and internal personal and legal matters. The exfiltrated documents have included unclassified CDC proprietary and export-controlled information. This information gives the Russian government significant insight into U.S. weapons platforms development and deployment timelines plans for communications infrastructure, and specific technologies being used by the U.S. government and military. The documents also include unclassified emails among employees and their government customers discussing proprietary details about technological and scientific research. The advisory said, These continued intrusions have enabled the actors to acquire sensitive, unclassified information as well as CDC proprietary and export control technology. The acquired information provides a significant insight into U.S. weapons platforms development and deployment timelines, vehicle specifications, and plans for communications infrastructure and information technology. By acquiring proprietary internal documents and email communications, adversaries may be able to adjust their own military plans and priorities, hasten technological development efforts, inform foreign policymakers of U.S. intentions, and target potential sources for recruitment. Given the sensitivity of information widely available on unclassified CDC networks, the FBI, NSA, and CISA anticipate that Russian state-sponsored cyber actors will continue to target CDCs for U.S. defense information in the near future. These agencies encourage all CDCs to apply the recommended mitigations in this advisory, regardless of evidence of compromise. The hackers have used a variety of methods to breach their targets. The methods include harvesting network passwords through spear phishing, data breaches, cracking techniques, and exploitation of unpatched software vulnerabilities. After gaining a toehold in a targeted network, the threat actors escalate their system rights by mapping the Active Directory and connecting to domain controllers. 
From there, they're able to exfiltrate credentials for all other accounts and create new accounts. The hackers make use of virtual private servers to encrypt their communications and hide their identities, the advisory added. They also use small office and home office, or SOHO, devices as operational nodes to evade detection. In 2018, Russia was caught infecting more than 500,000 consumer routers so the devices could be used to infect the networks they were attached to, exfiltrate passwords, and manipulate traffic passing through the compromised device. These techniques, and others, appear to have succeeded. In multiple instances, the threat actors maintained persistent access for at least six months, the joint advisory stated. Although the actors have used a variety of malware to maintain persistence, the FBI, NSA, and CISA have also observed intrusions that did not rely on malware or other persistence mechanisms. In these cases, it is likely the threat actors relied on possession of legitimate credentials for persistence, enabling them to pivot to other accounts as needed to maintain access to the compromised environments. The advisory contains a list of technical indicators admins can use to determine if their networks have been compromised in the campaign. It goes on to urge all CDCs to investigate suspicious activity in their enterprise and cloud environments. Our third article is by John Brodkin, published on February 16, 2022. Clearview AI aims to put almost every human in facial recognition database. The controversial facial recognition company Clearview AI reportedly told investors that it aims to collect 100 billion photos, supposedly enough to ensure that almost every human will be in its database. Clearview AI is telling investors it is on track to have 100 billion facial photos in its database within a year, enough to ensure almost everyone in the world will be identifiable, according to a financial presentation from December obtained by the Washington Post, the Post reported today. There are an estimated 7.9 billion people on the planet. The December presentation was part of an effort to obtain new funding from investors, so 100 billion facial images is more of a goal than a firm plan. However, the presentation said that Clearview has already racked up 10 billion images and is adding 1.5 billion images a month, the Post wrote. Clearview told investors it needs another $50 million to hit its goal of 100 billion photos, the Post reported. The company said that its index of faces has grown from 3 billion images to more than 10 billion images since early 2020, and that its data collection system now ingests 1.5 billion images a month. With $50 million from investors, the company said, it could bulk up its data collection powers to 100 billion photos, build new products, expand its international sales team, and pay more toward lobbying government policymakers to, quote, develop favorable regulation, unquote. As the Post noted, Clearview has built its database by taking images from social networks and other online sources without the consent of the websites or the people who were photographed. Facebook, Google, Twitter, and YouTube have demanded the company stop taking photos from their sites and delete any that were previously taken. Clearview has argued its data collection is protected by the First Amendment. The increase in photos could be paired with an expanded business model. 
Clearview wants to expand beyond scanning faces for the police, saying in the presentation that it could monitor gig economy workers and is researching a number of new technologies that could identify someone based on how they walk, detect their location from a photo, or scan their fingerprints from afar, the Post wrote. We contacted Clearview about the presentation and received a short statement from Clearview founder and CEO Juan Tan That. Clearview AI's database of publicly available images is lawfully collected, just like any other search engine, including Google. It is used by law enforcement for after-the-crime investigations to assist in identifying perpetrators of crimes, he told ours. Tan Thought told The Post that the company has collected photos from millions of different websites on the public internet. Tan Thought said the company hasn't decided whether to sell its facial recognition service to non-government organizations. Clearview's website includes a statement of principles. To quote, Clearview AI currently offers its solutions to only one category of customer, government agencies and their agents, the statement says. It limits the use of its system to agencies engaged in lawful investigative processes directed at criminal conduct or at preventing specific, substantial, and imminent threats to people's lives or public safety. In his statement to the Post, Tonthot argued that every photo in the data set is a potential clue that could save a life, provide justice to an innocent victim, prevent a wrongful identification, or exonerate an innocent person. However, the company's approach could change along with its business model. Our principles reflect the current uses of our technology, and if those uses change, the principles will be updated as needed, Tonthot said. Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube ordered Clearview AI to stop scraping their sites in early 2020. Police used Clearview technology to identify and arrest people accused of violence or destruction of property during Black Lives Matter protests later that year. After the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol, Tan Thought said, It is gratifying that Clearview AI has been used to identify the Capitol rioters who attacked our great symbol of democracy. Clearview is facing various privacy lawsuits and lost an important ruling Monday in a case over whether the company violated the Illinois Biometric Information Privacy Act by collecting and using facial images without people's consent. A federal judge rejected Clearview's First Amendment defense, denied the company's motion to dismiss, and allowed the lawsuits to move forward, the Electronic Frontier Foundation wrote yesterday. This is an important victory for our privacy over Clearview's profits. A Vice report yesterday quoted Tan Thought as saying that Airbnb, Lyft, and Uber have, quote, expressed interest, unquote, in using Clearview facial recognition, quote, for the purposes of consent-based identity verification, since there are a lot of issues with crimes that happen on their platforms, unquote. However, Tan Thought said there are no current plans to work with these companies, and all three companies told Vice that they have no plans to use Clearview. Our final article is by Beth Moll, published on February 9th, 2022. As states drop face masking, CDC stands by guidance. We're not there yet.
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is standing by its mask guidance despite more and more states easing recommendations as the wave of Omicron cases continues to recede. The CDC's current mask guidance says that people who are up-to-date on their vaccinations, i.e. vaccinated and boosted if eligible, should wear a mask in indoor public settings in any area that has substantial or high transmission. The agency defines substantial transmission as having between 50 to 99.99 new cases per 100,000 people in the last seven days. High transmission is having 100 or more new cases per 100,000 people in the past seven days. Currently, 99.1% of counties in the entire country have high transmission. Thus, per CDC guidance, nearly the entire country should continue to recommend masking indoors. But states are dropping that recommendation amid falling cases and declining patients for the pandemic. Officials in California, Connecticut, Delaware, New Jersey, and Oregon have all announced plans to drop masking recently. On Wednesday, officials in Massachusetts, New York, and Illinois joined them. Numbers are coming down, and it is time to adapt, New York Governor Kathy Hochul said Wednesday, according to the New York Times. But the pandemic is not yet done with us. Nationally, the seven-day rolling average of daily cases is around 240,000, which is around the same level as the peak of the massive wave in January 2021, and much higher than the peak of the Delta wave last fall. Hospitalizations are also still quite high with a seven-day average of daily hospitalizations at over 111,000. And deaths are averaging around 2,500 per day, which is higher than they've been in a year. In the past few days, the U.S. has exceeded 900,000 deaths from COVID-19. Still, the decline in cases is raising hopes. Many experts expect that as cases come down further, The country will be left with a vast amount of immunity from prior infection as well as vaccination. That could lessen the chances for big surges and disruptions in the future. In an interview with the Financial Times published Tuesday, top infectious disease expert Anthony Fauci said the country is certainly heading out of the full-blown pandemic phase of COVID-19. There is no way we're going to eradicate this virus, Dr. Fauci said. But I hope we are looking at a time when we have enough people vaccinated and enough people with protection from the previous infection that the COVID restrictions will soon be a thing of the past. Such hopes have spurred a lot of states, like those listed above, to ease or consider easing restrictions. And the CDC is currently working up new guidance for how states and local officials should ease out of the acute pandemic phase. But... In a White House press briefing Wednesday, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky suggested that it's still too early to pull back. We certainly understand the need and desire to be flexible, Dr. Walensky noted, and we want to ensure the public health guidance that we're providing meets the moment that we're in. But for the moment we are in right now, there is no updated guidance, she said. We are working on that guidance, she said optimistically. We are working on following the trends for the moment. But, she cautioned, our hospitalizations are still high, our death rates are still high. So as we work toward that new guidance, and as we are encouraged by the current case trends, we are not there yet.
Well, that brings us to the end of today's articles. To learn more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, follow us at facebook.com slash LA. If you like what's there, please hit the like button. Music provided by Hot Fire. I'm Mike Paul, and I'll be back soon with more informative stories from Ars Technica. Thanks for listening.